0: Well, it is so good to see everyone tonight. Um, I have a, uh, kind of a little something that was stirring in my heart about faith and being single, and, but before those of you that are married check out, uh, <laughs> just know that the same principles that I'm going to be talking about tonight work in every area of our life. It's faith. Faith works no matter what area that you are dealing with. It's the same thing. But today we're going to kind of hone in on it a little bit on being single and believing God for Mr. or Mrs. Wright. And so let's start out with Genesis 2. Um, if you want to open your Bibles there. Um, marriage was created by God. It's something that he intended for man to have. And so let's just kind of read through the creation, uh, some of those verses on that, okay? Um, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to uh, to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So marriage is a team. It's a husband and a wife, and God. And that is the team that you are now on. When you are a single, you, it's you and God. But once you choose to enter into marriage, it's now a team effort. It's husband, wife, and God. Let's look at Mark 10, 6 through 9. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. So again, here's another scripture that says, In marriage, the man and the wife, they are no longer two individuals, but they are one. And it's no longer, let's say, Sam and Mary as individuals living their lives, doing things independently, um, and then they just share a roof. It is two people, and they are joining their lives together, and they are now following a path together. And of course, they have God in that uh, circle as well. And uh, you can get input from outside sources, but that unit—the husband and the wife—are the ones that are responsible for making the decisions. And so it's no longer mom and dad telling you what to do. It is now, you know, my spouse and I—we are deciding that this is what we are going to do. You're a team now. You're you're making those choices, and so. Uh, Young people, you know, you want to take advantage of this time in your life when uh, you don't have the responsibility of a spouse or of children or, you know, just different things. This This is a period of time in your life that you get to start making decisions and choices that are geared towards you and you get to enjoy that kind of stuff. Once you're married, those choices and just being a complete individual and this is what I want to do, that gets put to the side and now it's becoming a team. You ask, you know, your spouse, you you work together, you figure out what your schedules are And and then you meld those things together. You don't just spend money the way you want to spend money. You now have somebody that you are working with and saying, hey, what's the greater good of our family? You know, uh, maybe, you know, a new boat doesn't fit in the family scheme right now because you have young children and you have to get a new crib or something like that so you're working together at, you've got responsibilities once you get married that as a single you don't have some of those same responsibilities. So you want to enjoy the time that you are single. Because there comes a time when that ends and you're in a new phase. It's not that it's not a great new phase, but you don't want to, um, you know, uh, pass by the joys and the pleasures that come during the single part of life. You know, always looking for something else, because then when something else comes, you're giving up or you're choosing to let go of some of your individuality to hook up with somebody or to, to uh, join with somebody else and become a team. So uh, let's look at uh, Ecclesiastes 4. So these are some of the ways that God created marriage for our good, uh, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? So that verse is that passage of scripture is very obvious, some of the benefits of being married. It was created, God intended for a man and a woman to get married, to form a team, to go after and run their race together. And they are to be the better for it. Uh, The strengths of of uh, one person offsets the weaknesses of the other and that unit together is supposed to make you uh, be able to do great things that god intended for you as a couple to be able to do but you know you may be single and say "Um, i don't want to get married and you know what the apostle paul never did (laughs) in fact He touts that it is great that you don't get married. (laughs) He was very happy about it. (laughs) In 1 Corinthians 7, 8, he says, But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. Because you know what? When you are single, you are only concerned about your schedule. You can pray as much as you want. You can read the Bible whenever you want. You can go around and do everything that God's put in your heart, and you get to do all that, and you don't have to stop and say, hey, uh, what can I do for you, my spouse? You know, what do you need me to do? You're able to focus specifically on what it is that you feel like you're supposed to do. So God created marriage for something good. It's supposed to be something that he put in place from the beginning of time, you know, from the Garden of Eden. It was already set in motion for there to be a husband and a wife. And so it is his will. If he's put that desire in your heart to be married, it is his will for you to be married. And just like anything else, it requires faith. You know, uh, it's very important that you believe God for your spouse. Um, And even if you're like, you know, Christina and Julia, they're a little bit young to be looking for a spouse. (laughs) But they can already be praying for that part of their life. And just, you know, not that it's going to be happening anytime soon. But, you know, it's something that they can already be praying for and just saying, I trust that God's going to bring the right person at the right time, and I'm going to know who it is. <laughs> I'm going to know they're right. So let's just look at Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24. It says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be thou removed, And be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. And I just want to encourage you uh, today that it takes uh, the ability to focus in that to know that it's God's will. If you know that it's God's will for you, you can have faith where the will of God is known. And so if you know, okay, this is something that God would have for me, then you can start speaking the word over that situation in your life. And so here's some things that um, you, we've already read through that God created marriage, that he put Adam and Eve together. So one of the things that you can start saying when thoughts start coming towards you, coming at you, there's always pressure. When you want, when you are standing in faith and believing for something and you don't already have it, uh, there becomes a pressure that says, uh, how do you know that it's God's will for you to get married? That's a very common thing. Well, yeah, God wants other people to get married, but maybe he doesn't want you to get married. But you know that God, on purpose, set up couples and and put that into place and he told Adam and Eve to get married and, and have a family and do that. So you can say that if that is a desire that you have in your heart, that that is from God. It's throughout the Bible, over and over. Old Testament, New Testament, um, everywhere you look in the Bible, you see examples of God putting together people in a marriage relationship. So if you have that desire to get married, that desire is godly. And so you have the right to say, I thank you, God, that it's your will for me to get married. And so when the thought comes and tells you, uh, you know, well, maybe that's for everybody else, but that's not for you. You, you know, God wants you to stay single. You're like, no, God, I have this desire. It's his will for people to get married. And so therefore it's his will for me to get married. You know, um, let's look at Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, God wants you to be in his perfect will and in his plan more than you want to. So here's another thing that you can say when the devil uh, or thoughts or different things come at you. You can say, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So you can say, God, I know you want me in your plan more than I want to be in your plan. I know you have the perfect person more than I want the perfect person because you have a race for me to run and you know who will fit that better than anyone else knows. And so I just trust you that you want me to be right in the middle of your plan. And so another scripture is Psalm 37, 23. God, you are directing my steps. Anytime that you start thinking, well, I don't know if I'm in the right place. Maybe I can't, you know, maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I'm not where I should be. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. So if you are seeking God, if you are asking him, he wants you to be in his plan. We've already said that he is going to direct your steps. So I am in the right place. So when God puts in your heart, oh, you go to this church and you're like, but that doesn't make sense. I don't see anyone there that I really uh, feel like I would connect with. You're, You're trying to figure it out in your head and God is saying, I'm directing your steps. You be where I tell you to be. And even if you can't see it, that's what faith is. Faith is being in the right place that God has told you to be. And then he is going and moving on your behalf. So God, I just trust you. The devil comes and tells you that, you know, you're, you know it's not going to work. You're not in the right place. There's no one around in your life right now. So how in the world are you ever going to find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right? And you just say, you know what? God is directing my steps. He's directing me. He loves me. He's putting me in position for me to be able to receive what he has for me. And then let's look at Psalm 37, 5. Lord, I just trust you and know that you will bring the right person in my life. Let's look at this. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. It doesn't say... And he will say, okay, go do it on your own. (laughs) It says he's going to bring it to pass. You are committing. That's That's your part. It doesn't say you figure it out. It says the two things that you are supposed to do is you're supposed to commit it, give it over to him, and then trust Trust, that's all faith is, is trusting. You believe that God is going to do what his word says he will do. And as you believe that, you are trusting him to to cause it to come to pass. You're not mustering it all up in your own strength and figuring it out. And you're just like, I'm going to be right here right now. And then the person's going to be here too. And then you're just standing there alone waiting forever and it doesn't happen. Well, that's because you're trying to figure it out yourself. The Bible says you commit, Lord, I commit this desire to be married to you. I just trust you. I'm not going to try to figure it out. I'm not going to try to do it in my own strength, in my own might, in my own power. I'm going to trust you, but I am going to know that you're directing my steps and you're going to have me in the right place at the right time, and the right person is going to cross paths with me when it's um, uh, that time to connect. And so uh, when the pressure comes, way that you can push back on pressure is when you have something that you are standing on that you are sure and secure on and the bible is what we have the scripture is what we have when we know that it's the will of god We and we're convinced that something is the will of God, then when the pressure comes and the thoughts come and the attacks come and the circumstances look a certain way and the situation is turning around a certain way and not looking like it's going in our favor, we stand and having done all we stand we stand believing that you know what this is what the bible says this is what god says and so because he said it it's going to happen and that's the bottom line and you have you dig your you know hills in the ground and you're just like no i will get married the thoughts start coming no you're it's not going to happen you're getting too old You know, no, this isn't, no, I will get married because the Bible said that he will give me the desires of my heart. He put this desire in my heart. It's a godly desire. It's something that he created for me to want is to be married. And if he put that desire in me, he's going to bring it. He's going to cause it to happen in my life. And so I'm gonna rest in him. One thing that we do while we are waiting is we pray. (laughs) We pray. We pray. Let's look at uh, Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So when you are praying, you are putting it in God's hands. And you know what? He will do a much better job of finding a spouse for you than you worrying about it. You worrying about it is, uh, if anything, it will cause you to do stupid things. Have you ever seen women concerned about their age get married to men who are jerks? And everybody knows that they're a jerk and everybody's warning them, and they are so afraid to start over that they're gonna stay in that relationship, and they double down, and they're like, this is better than being alone. And then once they get married, they're like, it was better being single <laughs> So I, you don't wanna to get to the point where you are so uh, afraid of a, a state that you're in, That you try to do something in your own strength. God loves you. He cares deeply for you. He's the one that put that desire to be married in you for a reason. And so he has an excellent person in mind for you. (laughs) And so our part is to pray, ask him for his help to be in the right place at the right time, to have uh, you know Him leading and being sensitive to Him. And then another thing that we do is we pray in the Spirit. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. You know, sometimes when there's a fear, that is a weakness. You begin to be, you know, kind of nervous. Or but sometimes... We are afraid or we're weak or we don't know what to do or or where to go. When we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So you have a helper. Not only do you not have to know exactly what to pray, he's going to come in and he's going to help you pray. He's there to help you. And so I have to tell you, um, there was a time in my life when I was, you know, just starting to get a little bit concerned, like if, you know, Mr. Wright was going to come or not. You're like, you know, like just you, we all have thoughts. <laughs> and so start getting bombarded with these different thoughts. And I just remember I was in this really ugly yellow rocking chair but it was so comfortable and i would just sit in there and i would rock in that chair and i would pray in the spirit and i'm just like god i just know you're bringing mr Wright. he'll he'll get here it'll, it'll happen it's going to happen and you know what sometimes there's time more t- you know, longer times that you're praying in that chair to get to that peace than others. (laughs) There's times where you're just like sitting there for a long time, like I'm casting the care of this on you, Lord. You're leading me. You're guiding me. You're directing my steps. I just trust that you are going to bring the right person. And you know what? He did. He did it. But at the time, there was no prospects in sight at all and it was rather intimidating because you know i had this friend and like she could just bat her eyes and like every single guy on the planet would just be like oh my gosh you're so amazing (laughs) and you're like that is so unfair (laughs) but you know what uh, I just didn't have to like weed through as many selections, so that was good. It wasn't like, as confusing because when Jim came along, it was like, Man, thank you, God. <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> so, but I say that to say I was traveling, gone three weeks uh, out of a month, a lot of months, and so you don't, you're not in one place very long to be able to get to know people. And uh, so for on my part, it was like, I, I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be traveling. I'm supposed to be singing. I love it. But I have no clue how I'm ever going to meet someone, you know? And then, you know, Jim's story, he was in Nebraska and uh, in a smaller church, and there just was not somebody that was really catching his eye in that church at all at that at that time. I mean, there just wasn't a lot of selection. <laughs> so, you know, he's believing God for his spouse. I'm believing God for my spouse. We're in two completely different states. And uh, I do my one and only music workshop in Lincoln, Nebraska. And we met, and a year later, we're married. And so God knew what it took for us, and he connected. Two people with zero prospects <laughs> at the time, but he knew how to connect our lives and put them together. And so that's one reason why I have great, great faith for singles to find Mr. or Mrs. Right, because God, if he would go through such links to connect people that whose paths would not have crossed any other way, yet he was able to do that. How he he's he's that interested and he's that capable. And you know sometimes we we look at our lives the way that they are right now and it's just easy to be like, there is just no way. It just can't happen. It does there's just there you can't figure it out in your mind you're like but thank god we have a god who is much bigger than our minds and our capabilities and our abilities and our trust is in him it's not in our might it's not in our power but it's by his spirit so we are praying in the spirit allowing him to be able to do supernaturally things that we cannot do naturally in and of our own strength and so when the pressure comes you pray you pray in the spirit you speak you run at those thoughts you don't just entertain the thoughts like yeah yeah that's probably true yeah yep i'm i'm just i'm there's nobody here there's I'm probably not going to ever get married or I'm going to die before I get married. Uh, You know, the devil will come at you with so many thoughts and if you just let them go round and around and around in your head, you're going to get sad and you're going to believe them. But if you run at it with the word... In your mouth and you're going at it and you're saying no the Bible says that he wants me to be married and the Bible says that he wants me to be in his plan more than I want to be in his plan and he's directing my steps and he I just trust him and as I trust him he is going to cause me to be in the right place at the right time and those thoughts keep coming in you keep pushing back with the word you keep pushing back. You keep standing. You keep in faith and nothing wavering. And even if you are wavering, you're still yelling it out. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to take place because God is greater. He's bigger. He's able. I don't have to figure it out. That's where the peace that goes beyond your understanding when you are just at rest in God and you're just trusting him, it, you can have peace even though you can't figure anything else out because you just know God is working on your behalf. So we pray. We pray. Uh, the Bible says in James 1, 5 through 7, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, he who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Okay, I have to tell you, doubt's going to come, but it's what you do with it. You're, you're gonna have thoughts. You're gonna have things coming. If you jump on the doubt wagon, you're gonna be like this all the time. You're gonna be up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. But if you are staying steadfast, I trust God. I trust God. I'm standing on His word. I believe He is faithful. Instead of, I can't figure it out, I don't know what to do. You, if you get into that spot where you are continually, like, I just don't know, I don't know, I don't know, you're, you're going to be tossed to and fro and everywhere. But as soon as you're like, okay, I see that this is doubt, but the word says, and so I'm going to anchor on the word. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand. It's like you've got a boat and there's this ocean, and there's a storm, and it's going everywhere. Your anchor is the word that's keeping you solid, that's keeping you strong, that's keeping you steady. What does the word of God say? And as you are standing on that, there is a peace. And it just comes upon your heart, and you just rest in him, and you know that God is working he's the one moving on your behalf and that just helps you to stay steady you know we i i love to use this because i i just see that picture so well peter walking on the water looking at jesus as long as he was looking at jesus he was able to walk on the water But as soon as he looks at the circumstances, you know, he starts sinking. But in our lives, if we can keep our eyes focused on not us, not our, all of us know that we have weaknesses. You know, well, I just don't know who would want to marry me. I have this weakness and this weakness and this weakness. The person who needs your strengths, they can cover your weaknesses. They're not concerned about your weaknesses. They're concerned about the fact that your strengths offset their weaknesses. And that's the beauty of it. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be this package that's unrealistic, that nobody can, you know, get to that standard because there's no one but Jesus was able to do that. So he created us to hook Uh, to to join with somebody that has strengths in where our, our weaknesses are. And so you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be perfect. Thank God. And so when those thoughts come, you press back, and you just say, no, the word of God says that he wants me to be married. He gave me that desire. I've committed that to him. I am trusting in him. And then you rest. You rest. How do you rest? Let's look at Psalm 37 again, verses 3 through 5. You trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. You just remind yourself, God's faithful. He's so faithful. He's been so faithful in the past. You know, he did this for me and got me through. And I had the victory because of him and you keep reminding yourselves of how he was faithful, how he helped you, you're you're feeding on his faithfulness. Verse 4, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, I'm so thankful, God. I'm delighting myself in the Lord. How? I'm, I'm feeding on his faithfulness. I'm taking pleasure in the fact that he's my God. He's my source of help. He's my hope. And as I am doing that and as I am focusing on him, he is putting those desires in my heart and then he's granting them. It's happening. It, he's putting it and then he, he causes it to come to pass. And then verse 5, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. So you rest, you rest, you rest, knowing that he is the one that's working on your behalf. You're fighting to commit, (laughs) to to give it to him, to cast the cares on him. That's, That's where your fighting is taking place. And then, you know, to trust, that God is who he said he is, that he'll do what he said he will do. That's your part, but you're not the one that's making it come to pass. He's the one that's making it come to pass. And as you do that, you are resting in him. Uh, there, there are times when there's a, a definite feeling of loneliness that Singles will experience and when you're in the midst of that loneliness and You don't have a potential in mind. You don't even have like somebody to daydream about you know There's like nothing. It looks like a blank horizon (laughs) You know there times like that that is that's huge that sometimes those are really pressing times and and the pressure comes in and again That's where you just sit back and you take time to pray and just put it, you know, pray in the spirit, just knowing that, you know what, I can't make this happen, so I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you, God. And you're praying in the spirit because you don't know how to pray sometimes. You don't know who the person is, but you're praying about it. You're giving it over to him. You're praying in the spirit, and then you are trusting that, while you are praying that God is in the supernatural realm <laughs> causing things to happen, He's, things are being stirred, things are happening for on your behalf, and, uh, and you didn't have to make it happen yourself. You're resting in him. All right. When should you give up? Is there ever... Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm this age, and so therefore, I, I, you know, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> you know what? I'm too old. God's not interested in me getting married now. I'm just too old. He's not interested in that. So I should just give up. I don't want to bother God anymore. Like, like, that is such a bother. Like, is there anything that can bother God that's just really too big for him, just way past his ability there is nothing that is past his ability. And so let's look at Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Where, how do you renew your strength? That one says wait on the Lord. I must have had the wrong one. Those who wait on the Lord or hope, you're, you're putting your trust, you're, your focus is on the Lord, and that renews your strength. They will will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Isn't that awesome? As you focus on him, you, you don't have to grow faint. You don't have to be weary. Let's look at Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So if you lose heart, you are not necessarily going to reap. So there's a balance right there. We want to push back and not lose heart. How do we not lose heart? We just looked back. Those that wait on the Lord. That's how you stay strong. That, that's how you're, you're not praying one thing and saying, God, you know, I trust you, I trust you, and then, you know, a minute later you're, you're, you say amen, and then you're like, I don't know why it's taking God so long. <laughs> I just don't understand why God hasn't done it sooner. Doesn't he know that I want to get married? You're you're just you started going away from what you just prayed and what you cast on him. And so our focus is that we are going to reap. That's what the Bible says. If we faint not. And so we're not going to go faint. We're not going to give up. We're not going to quit. We're not going to say, "Okay, whatever. We're going to keep pressing in." And as we do that, We will reap. That's what it says. Do not grow weary while doing good for in due season. Not you might. It says you shall. You will. There's nothing stronger than it will happen. (laughs) So it will come to pass if you do not lose heart, if you faint not. Let's look at Romans 8.25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. You persevere. You don't quit. You don't give up. You keep expecting. You don't be the wave going up and down, up and down, up and down. You're holding, you're persevering, you're standing, you're saying God is who he said he is. He will do what he said he will do. It will come to pass. I will not faint. I will not grow weary. I will not quit. I will not say it's not going to happen. I'm going to hold fast. And as you hold fast, you are allowing him to do what he said. He is not a God that he should lie. He is not a liar. He is not out there uh, saying that uh, you can have it, but then, you know what? I really don't want them to have it today. That's not how God operates. If he said it in his word, he wants it for you. And he doesn't have a favorite. He's not saying, I want it for Jim But not for christina that's not how he works he will do his word for anyone that will press in and allow him to work on their behalf you hold fast you believe the word instead of the circumstances you believe the word instead of the storm you believe the word and you lock in and say God, I trust you, and then you allow him to cause it to come to pass. You commit, you trust, and then you allow, you sit back and you see him bring it to pass in your life. And so God is interested. Those principles that work for believing God for a spouse, they work for healing They work for finances, they work for relationships, they work for jobs, they work for any area in our life. It is taking the word, standing on it, believing it, no matter what the circumstances are, and then allowing God to move and trusting him and not trying to do it for out of your own strength and out of your, God's just taking way too long. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to go find Mr. Wright, Mrs. Wright. You know, those are usually recipes for disaster. But as we trust him and wait on him and allow him to move, he may tell you, do A. And so you're like, okay, I'll do A, because you felt in your heart that that's where God was leading. But you're doing it because you feel he's leading you that way, not because you're frantic trying to figure out how to get it to come to pass in your life.